So our pastor actually reached out to me uh, a few weeks ago and asked for me to close out the year preaching today. And he said he wants me to talk on this topic of fear. And I got excited because overcoming fear is something uh, that not a lot of people enjoy talking about. They don't quite understand fear or how to get over it. But for me, I've been in a lot of positions in my life where I've had to overcome fear. And I would love to share that with you today. And so if you're taking notes, go ahead and title your message, Overcoming Fear This Year. Overcoming Fear This Year. Or you could say Overcoming Fear in the New Year. Overcoming Fear in the New Year. So if you can, join me as we pray in the message this morning. God, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have uh, to just be together, to pray in the message. And I just pray, Father, that you open people's hearts, you expand their minds, and you allow them to be encouraged no matter where we are. Father, I just pray that no matter what problems that we are facing today, Father, we can put them on the back burner and press in to the word that you have for us today. God, use me as a mouthpiece. Don't allow my words to come out. Allow your words to to come out. And Father, we just want to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, today we're going to talk about one of the most famous passages that you could ever find in Scripture. And I'm sure a lot of us have heard of it. If you haven't heard of it, I promise the moment that I mention the name, it'll come right back to mind. It's the underdog story of the Bible. Uh, And I don't know about you, I love underdog stories. I think underdog stories are fantastic. We're talking about David versus Goliath. Show of hands here, who has heard of David versus Goliath. I mean, what's not to love? You got David, small little young boy, David. Uh, he's no, he's no taller than Anthony Perry's height. Uh, if you know who Anthony Perry is, he's small. He's young at the time. He's a teenager. And then you got nine foot tall Goliath. You got this big monstrosity of a being of a human or of whatever he is. And he's just, he's just the reigning champ of anything. And we have small man, big giant. It's a crazy problem. But I think for a lot of us, when we look at Goliath, we can reflect that being of Goliath in our own lives. We can find something. We can find a problem that we're facing, something that makes us a little bit overwhelmed. We can find a nine-foot problem in our life today. If we look hard enough, we can find one. If you can't find one now, I promise you, you may encounter one in 2024. We all have problems. We all have things that seem too great for us to overcome. And what's funny is when we look at David versus Goliath, we focus on a few different things. We focus on the fact that the Israelites were afraid. They were not ready to move forward. We look at the fact that David was severely undersized and there is no way that he was supposed to overcome this giant. We look at the fact that Goliath was the reigning champ. He was the MVP. He was the best soldier that the Philistines had at the time and no one could step in front of him and overcome him. We look at all of these things and we're like, man, that's, I, I don't know how David was able to step up to that. How David, with, with all the cards stacked against him, stepped up with no fear and was just like, I can overcome this. It's an underdog story. But I kind of want to break that mentality for us a little bit today because personally, when I read this story, I don't see it as an underdog story. In fact, I think David was bound to overcome the Philistines, was bound to overcome Goliath. Because I think David figured out how to overcome something a lot of us still today struggle with, and that's overcoming fear. And the the thing is, fear causes this blindness where we can't quite see through what's facing us. None of the Israelites were able to figure it out. But David had the key to it. 
And so we're going to read today, 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 11, online family. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry, we got some lower thirds. For us here in the room, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. If you don't have a Bible, we got some screens for you on the side. It says this, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed about 125 pounds. That's about 10 pounds heavier than my wife. So he has a whole Megan <laughs> on his back. That's a lot. This man walked out like just... I'm starting early, y'all. I'm sorry. I didn't have the 8.30 as a warm-up. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. So we're up to 140 pounds he's carrying. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. I feel bad for that man because that shield probably weighed another 50 pounds. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. Scoffing. But if I kill him, you will be ours. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Our problems do the same thing, right? They shout at us. They taunt us. They yell at us. They instill fear. It's like par for the course. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were excited. No, they were terrified and deeply shaken. I love this because here we are. We're staring down Goliath. And how does this Israelite army respond? Were they excited, y'all? No. Did they press ahead? Did they dive head first? Did they all start running down? No. Were they even ready to attack? No, they were terrified, deeply shaken. Hey, don't feel bad. I would be too. Snap. If I was in the Israelite army and I saw a nine foot behemoth walking out with all this gear on with my wife on his back. <laughs> like that man is a champion. I can't face that. Think about that. We're over here like David killed him. No, we don't know that yet. I'd be afraid. You'd be too. Don't look at the Bible and say, oh, how could you be afraid, Israelites? You had the Lord your God. No. That's scary. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. Come on. All of us face problems and we look at it and we get afraid. Yeah. The Lord's on our side. We know that. Right, right. But we still get afraid. Yeah. We still look at it and say, man, I don't think I can overcome that. Right. It's just so big. It overwhelms us with fear. There's no way. So let's make it a little relevant to today. It's, it's New Year's Eve, so let's look at it. 2024. Man, I'm not ready for 2024. I can't believe 2023 is over already? Man, where'd the time go? 2023 was so hard. I just can't see how 2024 is going to be any better. I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make through it. A lot of us, we're still stuck in 2020. It's four years later, y'all. COVID's done past, but we're still dealing with it. Why? Because it's fearful. Right. We're stuck in this feeling of fear. We can't seem right, right. to press ahead. Goliath is a big unknown for the Israelite army. How are they going to overcome him? Goliath's name literally means big problem, big enemy. Wow. 
That's literally what his name means. We all have a Goliath in our life. And we're wondering, how are we going to make it into a new year if we, if we didn't even really get through 2023 all that well? How are we going to do it? But what I love about this is we see David step up to the plate. We're going to continue reading 1 Samuel 17. We're going to start in verse 16. It says, For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. 40 days, y'all. They stuck just right there. That's like middle of November, Thanksgiving time to today. They did nothing. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their champion. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were, were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Well, a lot of us know now that they weren't fighting. They were standing still. David should have ate that cheese on the way, had an early... Had an early reward. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Well, at least they're doing something. Soon the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was taking, talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the Israelite army. Jumping down to verse 32, says this, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Saul's like, bro, you're, don't be ridiculous. Saul replied, there's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. He's, he's looking at him like, there's no way you're going to overcome this. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. This man's scrappy. <laughs> I've done this both lions and bears, and I'll do this again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine too. Saul finally consented. All right, <laughs> go ahead. And may the Lord be with you. The confidence of a teenager, y'all. The stage is set, though. David is about to overcome the biggest adversary that the Israelite army has seen to date. And he's doing it with a boat of confidence. And we could look at it and question, how is he unfazed? How is he undeterred? How is there zero fear in his voice? He's being told by the king, you can't take him. And he's like, bro, no, I got this. How? Well, because he's mastered something that no one else has ever been able to do. And that's the ability to overcome fear. So what I want to do is give you three ways that you can overcome fear this year. Number one, if you're taking notes, it's to prepare. Okay. It's to prepare. Yeah. 
One of the things I love about the story is how David emphasizes his preparedness in every single moment. He didn't aimlessly walk into the battlefield. No, he took a moment to make sure that he had everything he needed, not only for himself, but what his father Jesse had given him. He made sure he prepared everything that he already was doing and he passed it off to someone else. He walked in knowing he was going to be prepared. For the youth in the building, we can say it as he wasn't going to get caught lacking. He wasn't stepping up to the fight lacking. He was ready. We see it a little bit later. But I believe one of the reasons why David wasn't afraid of Goliath is because he was prepared. You see, this is the key. This is something I want to leave you with. Fear is a sign that something in your life needs to be prepared for. Fear is a sign that something in your life needs to be prepared for. David didn't fear because he was prepared. He knew where he was going and he prepared accordingly. We see that in the text. And I know a lot of us, we read this chapter. You just read it with me and we gloss right over that fact. But it's in the Bible for a reason. Let's take a look. Jesse gave David a slew of supplies with specific instructions. He traveled and knew exactly what to do once he got there. He was prepared. He notated those instructions and organized his belongings so he wouldn't miss anything or mix it in with his own resources. He knew exactly what he needed and what to have. In fact, once he got there, it says he left his things with the keeper of supplies, which means he knew where he was going once he even got there. He was prepared. His sheep, what did he do? He found another shepherd. We missed it. He found another shepherd and left his sheep with them so he could tend for them when he left. David prepared. He prepared before he left, prepared for what he would needed once he left, and prepared for everything that was at home when he wasn't going to be there to take care of it. He was prepared. To sum it up, David was prepared. <laughs> All that to say. But here's the thing. He wasn't just prepared with things. He was also prepared with experiences. We see this First Samuel 17, 34. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. And I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this with both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine. We see him talking about the experiences that he's been through and how they prepared him for this battle. He's seen battles before. He knew what he needed to do. And I want to encourage you this morning. You do too. You've experienced some things in 2023 that have given you everything you need to walk into 2024. God doesn't just drop you in an opportunity. He doesn't just plop you in a situation and expects you to fail. No, he's placed you there because he's prepared you for it. You've gone through what you need to, to enter into 2024. And so let's break this down practically because preparedness is practical, right? It's what we can do physically. Number one, what you need to do is you need to create action steps. You need to create action steps. The problem you're facing right now, what do you need to overcome it? Number two, you need to reflect. You need to reflect. What experiences has God brought you through already that's going to prepare you for this next season? And number three, you need to change your position. Are you in a position to overcome? Are you standing up strong? Or are you in a position to be overcome? Are you standing bleak and afraid? You need to change your position. When we prepare, we dismantle the effects of fear. Because no matter what is thrown at us, we have what we need to overcome it. To overcome fear this year, you need to be prepared. And so let's have 2024 be our best year yet. Because we can do it. Come on. Yeah, 
But you need to prepare now for tomorrow. Sounds good? Number two, point number two is we need to trust. We need to trust. You see, at the very end of the group of verses that we just read, we see this element of trust present itself. 1 Samuel 17, this verse 37 says this, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. But see, here's the funny thing. David was the one who did the work, but God was the one who was there with him. See, he believed he could overcome the lion and the bear because he had complete trust in God and that God would not fail him. He believed in his heart, if God had done it before, he will do it again. David stepped in front of Goliath, not just prepared, but he trusted that his God would allow him to overtake it. He didn't step foot just saying, hey, physically, I got this. No, 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 no. He stepped foot in front of Goliath because he trusted in his God. David had faith. So what is faith? Let's define faith. Faith is the complete trust in something or someone. And the key is whether you see it or not. See, there's a difference between faith, not being able to see something and believing it, and being able to see it and say, I got this, right? There's a gap there. And the gap between faith and just knowing something as ourselves is we have to have trust in God. Faith is the gap between what we think is possible and what we know is possible with God. That's what faith is, and David had that. I've come to tell you this today, that God does not call you to step up to the plate with zero doubt in your heart or your mind. In fact, he expects you to, because it's not what you can do, it's what he can do. In fact, what he's calling you to do is trust in him for the process that you can't complete on your own. He's trusting, he's calling you to trust him to do the impossible, but you have to trust in him to do so. Many of you may not know this about me, but for many years, I was a dancer. I had danced professionally, and I remember growing up, I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. My mom gave me the opportunity to try a bunch of different things, and I've lived a many, 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 many different lives. If you talk to me, you'll be like, man, Chris, what haven't you done before? And that's a blessing for my mom, but the thing that I spent a lot of my time with was dancing, and I did so professionally for many, many years. Trust me, I know you're going to wonder what kind of dancing. We can talk about that a different day. That's really not that important, but I danced. I danced professionally. I made a lot of money doing it, and it was a lot of fun, but the age-old saying reigns true for me. All good things have to come to an end. Physically, like, I tried my best, but I got injured a lot. Like My body just broke down time and time again. I lost a lot of contracts because I just wasn't medically sound anymore to dance or to do it professionally. They couldn't rely on me. So I had to continue to hop from different contract to contract. And I just remember looking back at that season and being terrified. Like, man, my body can't hold up. What, what am I going to do? How am I going to make it through to this next season? My body's already failing me now. I don't, I don't know what's next. And I'll be honest, I wasn't prepared to look for a different occupation. I wasn't prepared to look for something new. It's what I did for a living. So I put all my eggs in that basket. How many of us have done that before? We put all our eggs in a basket. And I'll be honest with you. One final injury, it was all over. I had to throw in the towel. My career was done. And I remember just, I was, I was ticked. I was like, man, how, how could this happen to me? 
I've prepared so much for my life. This is what I was going to do. Now I'm left with nothing. And so I remember walking into church that Sunday and just feeling like God was telling me, I need you to trust in me. You don't see it, but I do. I still have great plans for you. And I know a lot of you may be feeling that today. You're not seeing the next step. You're not seeing the tomorrow. But I need you to trust that God does. God sees that next step. So after my dance career was over, I decided to go back to school. I went to college for biblical studies and life application. I started serving more at church because, well, now I had the time to. I wasn't touring. And now I get to share this story with you today as a pastor here at Highlight Church. The encouragement is this. You may not see tomorrow, but God does. Why is that important? Why, why does this dance story uh, relate to David and Goliath, Chris? It doesn't quite make sense. Because I didn't know what tomorrow did, what looked like, but God did. David didn't know what to expect as he approached Goliath, but he trusted that God did. God, he knew that God would help him overcome it. And so I want you to trust me when I tell you this, that if God saw it for me, if God saw it for David, he sees it for you too. You need to stop worrying about what tomorrow looks like and start putting your trust in the Lord because he does. He sees the greatness. He sees the promise. He sees the blessing. He sees the breakthrough. You just have to trust in him for it. God wasn't calling me or David or even you to overcome this fear by yourself. In fact, in Isaiah, it shows us that he's wanting to do it with us. Isaiah 41, 13 says this, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, and I will help you. We all have a choice. We can either crumble in fear when a problem arises, or we can trust God and his process. The key point is this, overcoming fear doesn't always look like a bold, courageous act. Sometimes it just looks like moving forward in faith day by day. God isn't expecting you to figure it out. He's just expecting you to move forward and trust that he is with you. Remember, you may not see it, but he does. We see the possible in doubt. God sees the impossible and calls us to trust him. What problem are you looking at today that all you see is the problem and you're not trusting in God to help you get through it? Begin to apply this to that. Trust in the Lord. Understand that all things work out for the good of those who believe. He will allow you to overcome it. To overcome fear this year, you have to trust in God. You have to trust in God. So as we close today, I want to give you this final point in this final stanza of verses where we're going to get to where Goliath finally, uh, Goliath and David finally meet to a head. We're going to read this in 1 Samuel 17, 40 through 52. But point number three, the final point to overcome fear is you have to take action. You have to take action. We're going to continue here. 1 Samuel, we're going to pick it up in verse 40 through 52. It says, David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt 
at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? Small little David, remember, just nine foot, bringing the, the facts back, you know. He cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David, David, funny man. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I, man, will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I almost can't read it without laughing because it just seems too good to be true. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him, reaching into a shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling knocked the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath and he used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines. So we see three steps in play here. David overcame this fear of Goliath because he was prepared. He trusted in God and he took action. You see, he didn't allow the fear of Goliath to keep him from the victory that God had already gave him. He took one step at a time. He didn't rush a thing. He didn't run away from it either. No, he went through the steps. He prepared. He trusted. And then he took action. I want to encourage you this morning to face your problems in the new year. Because let's face it, you're bound to have some problems pop up this new year. Heck, you may be staring down a Goliath this morning. You already know what your problem looks like. God isn't expecting you to make some one and done big step or change in your life. But what God is looking for is small everyday steps that lead to a big victory. The small everyday steps that leads to the big victory. God is looking you to take action, to move forward, to press in, to not allow fear to stare you in the face and keep you where you are. He wants you to overcome it. You can do it with him. He's placed you before the challenge because he knows that you can overcome it. He's placed you before the challenge because he's prepared you for it. He placed you before the challenge because he knows that you trust him. He's placed you before the challenge because he expects you to take action. Don't leave 2023 stuck in fear. Don't leave like the Israelites did, stuck cowering for 40 days. No, step up as a champion that you are. Take on 2024. Get ready to overcome it because you can overcome the challenge. Because to overcome fear, you got to take action. And I know you can. As we close out today, as we close out this year, I believe that God is calling you to take a next step. 
to step out of this old and step into the new, to prepare for what's to come because I'm telling you, it's going to be big. He's calling you to trust him because the promise that God has for you is greater than you could ever know. And he's calling you to take action because small faith steps today, man, watch how God's going to move in your life in 2024. It's going to be powerful.